0: Knowing what to eat is the easy part. Actually doing it is where people struggle.
1: What you do after the diet is just as important as the diet itself.
0: Focus on food quality for health and food quantity for weight loss.
1: Patience is the least utilised tool in most diets.
0: I don't mind a superfood salad, but I prefer pizza.
1: Don't throw the kitchen sink at it.
0: Pick a training method you enjoy, that's the advice.
1: Generally, most people don't lift heavy enough.
0: Think of me as the Alan Partridge of the fitness industry.
1: If you haven't thought about your death row meal, then. We We can't be
0: friends welcome to episode 70 of the not another fitness podcast with myself andy and across from me on zoom
1: it's amy oh
0: what a surprise andy and amy (laughs) hosting the podcast
1: don't you think we sound like we sound like a kid's tv show andy and amy (laughs) like rosie and jim (laughs)
0: a little bit like that when um two of my very good friends moved into their house at uni there was um some girls moving in across the street um and they were like oh this is a good opportunity to basically talk to some girls and like help them move in and they kind of came over oh hi and one of them was like hi i'm gary and they and barry's like hi i'm barry and they and they just burst out laughing <laughs> and he was like that didn't go too smoothly did it <laughs>
1: that's brilliant, <laughs> that was brilliant.
0: Oh, bless them like a yeah exactly like that like a couple of Kids TV presenters. Bless I think
1: it. only our older listeners will get the Rosie and Jim reference. Oh, classic.
0: classic, classic. What was your favourite when you were a kiddo? Um, what is favourite you know, program?
1: Power Rangers.
0: <laughs> I never liked Power Rangers.
1: Oh mate, I loved. Uh, I love stuff like that. I love superhero stuff, don't I? Though, so I loved like. Yeah, Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, loved that. Yeah, I was um, big on
0: Turtles. They were they were good. They were cool.
1: What else did I like? Super Ted. Mm. I loved I love superhero stuff. I love the
0: Do you like Thundercats?
1: That was slightly I think I missed that by a couple of years. I remember watching a couple of episodes. You're so
0: of young right. No,
1: but like I literally was on the cusp of Thundercats. Jack really liked Thundercats, um, but I was on the cusp of it. Um yeah, but no, I think that was, I think that was me. I remember watching Bodger and Badger and the Chockle Brothers.
0: Great, <laughs> I didn't expect you to go there. Yeah, Bodger and Badger, good one. Another um,
1: classic. The Chockle Brothers, yeah. And then I remember obviously a little bit of like Noddy and Postman Pat, but that's about it. What about you?
0: I mean, Thomas the Tank Engine when I was, when I was younger, that was, he, that was number one. Always Thomas the Tank Engine over Postman Pat for me, by the way.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting.
0: I mean, not that that's a debate that's raging at the moment, but, you know, just to put it out there.
1: <laughs> I mean, there are more important issues in the world, but hey-ho.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not tackling climate change not on another fitness podcast. <laughs> not
1: quite, yeah. Uh, uh, what, what apart from that, though?
0: um yeah turtles was massive like i remember getting like the figures for christmas and that was like
1: Wait, i've still got them in the fucking living room i live with my child (laughs) he bought them like i'm not kidding six months ago
0: amazing i'm i wish i'd have held onto mine to be honest yeah i remember like i got them on boxing day so it's like my um nan and granddad used to come over like on boxing day so it was like a second christmas another round of presents and i remember being so disappointed that i didn't get them on christmas day yeah, absolutely. I was and I was trying to be like, oh yeah, this jumper's great or whatever I got, and then uh, yeah, then the grandparents pulled it out of the bag, didn't they?
1: Oh, good effort there. Yeah, good effort. Yeah, I was into it. If we're talking figures, I was into Polly Pockets. I had
0: oh, my my sister my sister oh. was into that
1: big time. All the Polly Pockets. I had the castle. I had everything. I think because I was an only child, I spent a lot of time playing on my own and they were very good, like individual things you played with solo. I never lost a piece either. Ever, ever, ever lost a piece. I mean, what I would give to play with the Polly Pocket again. <laughs> I'd bloody love that. As your, oh. uh,
0: as your birthday present sorted, mate. It's like Christmas. I mean,
1: Jack's a bit of a boy. So we do love a toy shop. I could definitely. I wonder if they still, they can't still do Polly Pockets anyone who's listening anyone out there who has a Polly pocket pocket collection and even has a clue what we're going on about we've definitely lost our listeners that are like 25 and under um like honestly hook me up like get me some of that contraband flick me some Polly pockets can
0: can i also talk about something else that's slightly retro 99 i think um i watched the matrix with sarah we watched
1: that very recently she's never
0: never seen it by the way wtf i know she's seen like a couple of scenes from it but um... what was
1: it 1999 Mm. how How good is it uh, It's amazing but
0: 1999 it's amazing yeah it's incredible it's like it was i know like a couple of the um yeah the effects haven't aged particularly well but it's not horrific
1: no not by any stretch of the imagination yeah, it's so good. It's a very good film, that. So very good, yeah.
0: Good Sarah film. got sucked into it, which I was really, I was like, please don't hate this.
1: Yeah. But it's like, then she's got to watch two and three and she's probably going to hate two and three. Well, two's all right. Three's not great.
0: Right. Yeah, she asked me about two and three. And I was like, I can't really remember them that well, but I mm. do remember being slightly disappointed. So Two's all right, I think.
1: Um, three, I, I, remember think. Three. I
0: thought two was the shit one.
1: No, three's shit.
0: It did make me think of the podcast, though, The Red Pill
1: red pill or the blue pill the
0: red pill moment when you yeah. break it to someone that it's all about calories you can't go back <laughs> once you know that's it
1: that leads in very nicely oh! to what we're talking about
0: oh picked up mate there's the baton handed over to rambo yeah
1: we've been doing this long enough now mate we know how <laughs> each other works um so what are we talking about mate we've had a couple of heavy ones really haven't we recently so yeah
0: i was saying before we started recording we're very much on home turf with this one this is a uh, This feels like something I talk about a lot, so I hope 50 minutes is enough, mate, to be honest. Uh, We're talking about um, eating for abs.
1: We are talking about eating for
0: abs. how to get a six
1: pack. We hinted at this in one of our previous pods, didn't we? Um, Eating for abs. And then we've had a couple of guests on and give the listeners what they want. I think this is a bit of clickbait, but we're going with it. We need we need more listeners. So yeah, eating for abs, how to do it, what it entails, um, pros and cons, what needs, how you get all your docs in a row, why most people can't do it, what are the pain points.
0: Nice, so well framed. Um, I mean, one of the reasons we're talking about this some form of this question comes up on a weekly basis mm. and we and we have talked about i think we spoke about it what would it have been like three pods ago we were talking mm. about like the love handles and stuff like that so similar kind of there's some definitely some overlapping themes here but when we were talking about like how to structure this pod um rambo you were saying you want to kind of take this to the nth degree right so we're not talking about just seeing like a a faint outline of a couple of maybe abs we're talking about, we're talking about shredded to the bone. Is this
1: right? I think personally, I think if this is your goal.
0: You got to know what you're getting into.
1: You got to know what you're getting into. And I don't think it's something like most people with a reasonable calorie deficit and enough consistency will be able to see some kind of definition, okay? When I think abs and people, we think six pack. And I I just want to put this into context of managing people's expectations. So I am, so you, many people go online and get ads pop up on Facebook and on the internet. And they are sold these six week shred programs that have either a guy or a girl with a picture of a very, lean, ripped, I would call it, physique with visible abs. Um, They're even starting to target certain age demographics. You know, if you're in your Mm. 40s, your 50s, these are what you can get. And a lot of the, well, I would say 99.9% of the time, they're very unrealistic with what what they offer and what is actually achievable for the population. So I think like, I'm imagining with this, that somebody has clicked on one of those adverts, and that is the physique that they want to achieve. This is just taking it to the nth degree. If you want visible, popping abdominal muscles with definite, definite definition, you know, that's what I'm imagining. Like we're talking like a few, a few weeks, like either photo shoot. I mean, you can have a photo shoot anytime you have a body, it doesn't really matter, but I'm talking like physique, fitness, photo shoot ready i would say yeah ready
0: when i think six pack i think um i do think like think cover of men's health basically yeah that's kind of the first thing that comes to my head so not for most people they don't want to get kind of what class is bodybuilder shredded which is you're looking at like kind of six percent body fat give or take maybe a little bit lower um I'm thinking more, uh, and I do think in terms of men for whatever reason, which is kind of weird. I've just realised that's that's kind of the the images images come to my head Um, for like when when guys come in and they are like, well, they want a six pack. I think like anywhere from kind of eight to twelve percent body fat, and there there is a difference there because obviously the leaner you go, the the harder it is. It's um, yeah, it's almost like diminishing returns. You have to kind of keep working a lot harder to get like an extra that last little bit off
1: but that's a good point to make to start with like the <clears throat> process for both is very very similar
0: it's exactly the same
1: exactly it's exactly <laughs> the same the um, the only difference is when you do get to that lower levels of body fat it just becomes harder so the amount you tweak and the amount you have to really become more diligent to these principles becomes a lot more important that's all yeah so. um right coach i uh, i'm giving you all my money i want some abs tell me how i've got to eat where do you start
0: boring answer first create a calorie deficit i mean (laughs) i feel like this is the most obvious thing to say but there's a reason why because that's what has to happen so in our little spreadsheet now um we've got a list of bullet points and under kind of lean versus ripped which is kind of just discussed you know the difference between like six percent bodybuilder versus like 10 percent fitness model let's call it the next little bullet point's got calories macros protein carbs hydration so all of that is important right but if i was gonna arrange them in some kind of hierarchy assuming you're not drinking zero calories are they're just way above like how many grams of carbs you have or how many servings of protein you have a day. Because if the calories are out, as in if you're consuming too much or you haven't cut enough, it doesn't matter what you do with the rest.
1: Mm.
0: Like you can have the perfect. So let's so say you could have the perfect amount of protein and carbs and you could have them exactly positioned throughout the day like around your workouts and they're optimized to make you sleep better and you're hydrated, absolutely like perfect. Like you found a way to measure hydration and you've got exactly the right amount of protein, exactly the right amount of carbs. Meal timing couldn't be better. Hydration is absolutely hundred percent. Well, guess what? If you're eating eight avocados a day or your fat, your fat contents too high, which is easily done. None of that matters in terms yeah. of getting leaner yeah. and, and, when I, the, I, I use that as obviously exaggerating the point and I have to use that the normally when I have that kind of, um, when I lay it out like that, I'm talking about food quality with a client and they're like, I'm eating like eight, sevens of fruit and veg a day. I cook all my meals from scratch. Um, I only eat lean protein sources. I, you know, I, you know, I only have healthy fats. I'm very kind. Con- I don't have any junk food. I never eat out and they say all this stuff that, but I'm still not losing weight. And I'm like, that's because you're eating too many calories like yeah I know but I'm eating really no I don't care how well you're eating I don't say it like that I'm not an asshole but you get what I mean it's it's so important and this is why I'm emphasizing it like you've said to me as like hey coach what are you going to do if I can't hammer that home and I can't get that across so I I'll use different analogies I'll use different examples I'll I'll do anything I can to get that across early on and if you're listening to this um This is about as passionate as I get about calories, but it's, it's everything in terms of whether your body fat goes up or whether your body fat comes down.
1: That's the most important point I think of this whole podcast, but I want to even go even further with that in terms of, I agree with everything that Andy says, but also every single calorie matters as well. And like, I think the the whole like our oh, food quality debate came off probably off the back of clean eating because when there was the whole clean eating boom, it was like, oh yeah, but the, the calories are good calories because they come from health foods. Well, it doesn't matter. They're still calories. You know, you can eat, if, if your deficit, if your, if your calorie requirements are 1500 calories and you're eating 2000 calories of broccoli, well, you wouldn't be able to because it'd be very, very hard. Um, to eat, but but you would still put on weight because you are over consuming. There is some research to say that if you over consume on protein, that it is very unlikely to get stored as, as, as fat, but that's still, I still cannot hammer that home enough. If you over consume by 200 calories worth of ribeye steak, there are other things in that ribeye steak which will mean it gets stored as fat.
0: Yeah, no one's no one's just shoveling dry whey protein. Exactly. Down, down exactly.
1: The so yeah, calories do matter, but when you say calories do matter, every single calorie matters. So you might be logging on my fitness pal, and it's it's the little bit of milk you put in the tea. It's the little bit of oil that you cook in. It's the little bit of butter that you put in the mashed potatoes. It's the can of um, seven up free. Yeah, it might only be nine calories, but it's still calories. If you really want to get really anal and specific about this, then every single calorie matters. Because if you're thinking about those things and you want the results, you have this expectation of the results you're going to see. And these little things are, creeping in maybe more frequently then they matter and they have a calorie value and they you know if you're having a drizzle of um like a teaspoon of honey on your porridge if you're having a two teaspoon two tablespoons or drizzles of salad dressing on your salad if you're cooking in a tablespoon of oil and you're having three lattes a day. I don't even want to say lattes like, cause that's obviously pe- most people who are dieting realize that that amount of milk comes at a calorie value. But even if you're having three teas a day and you really have this expectation of the physique, you're going to end up with those calories matter and that can easily be a hundred, 150 calories. Um, so just to, yeah, I just want to nuance that as well with just be realistic about the expectation of the results you're going to get by, your accuracy in terms of your tracking.
0: Yeah, um well said mate and I think what people don't uh, potentially don't understand with uh how you said that every calorie counts. Let's say you are 100 150 calories over on a daily basis. Uh, and I am sure I've said this before on the pod, but you're looking at uh, so let's say yeah you're you're eating at maintenance and um you have like that latte and it takes you 100 150 over. At the end of the month, yeah, you're three, three and a half thousand calories over, uh, you know, over your maintenance. So that's a pound of body fat gone on over the course of the year. That's 12 pounds throw in a Christmas and a a holiday. And that's another couple of pounds gone on. And then that's your stone of body weight gained across the year. It works both ways. If you can knock that 100, 150 off or even more so if you're dieting, that's how you create that calorie deficit and that then being consistent for that period of time is where the weight loss will come from but it's something that we will move off calories i promise but we you need to spend time on it because other if everything else that's on the list we've got in front of us if this doesn't happen if you're listening to this and you want to get a six pack or you want to lose weight and you don't do this everything else that we say in this pod you might you might as well switch off now don't switch off now yeah. but you might as well if you if you don't take that on board and sometimes it's you know sometimes like we've got sleep on the list which always comes up sometimes when you don't sleep as well that has an effect on your appetite and then you end up eating more calories and that's where the weight gain comes from so some of this there's we're saying it quite black and white but obviously everything kind of feeds into into each other and influences each other last thing on calories and and i suppose tracking in general so we've just said to you that this is the most important thing to create that calorie deficit so therefore you're like well i need to know how many calories i'm eating right yes you do ideally um if you're trying to create a deficit an easy way of doing it and, and this is quite popular is to knock out a food group or stop eating certain foods so right i'm going to go low carb or zero carb that reduces calories by a substantial amount there's your deficit you don't have to think about it too much i was like dead against this approach for quite a long time now i can actually see a place for it because if that allows someone not to use fitness pal and get hung up on that some people it works really well not everyone but for some people that's a consideration for most people i think doing a period of tracking is quite a good idea keeping a food diary logging the food even if you just do it for a couple of weeks and you hate it you don't don't have to do it again but just to give you that information and inform you ah actually i'm eating a little bit more than i realized it's worth doing
1: Mate, can i just say i've never known you so passionate
0: honestly (laughs) i just because this I, i feel like I could, this stuff is just, you know, like the last couple of podcasts, it, you know, obviously the one with Pete and with James, um, two guys that are speaking, especially with Pete, talking in an area that I've got basically zero experience with. So it's just good to kind of sit back and, and listen and, and absorb it and kind of ask questions. With this one, I'm like, I talk about this every single yeah. day, a yeah. variation of it. Quick, quick, quick last point. We are terrible. All of us. At being whether it's deliberate or um, an unconscious or subconscious action, we're we're terrible at tracking what we eat. Yeah, we're awful. Like all of us are, dietitians are, nutritionists are, general public is. Everyone's generally bad at it, like, or at least worse than you might think you're tracking accurately. I guarantee it's not as accurate as you think. There'll be like a margin for error there. So if you are gonna do this. at least for two weeks do it absolutely like rigorously and be honest like be honest with yourself because whether you're at the end of the day you're only kidding yourself if you don't do it but just accept that fact that we're just terrible as a species at doing this we're not good we're not
1: and like i like whilst a flexible approach which is what i take with a lot of my clients in terms of like they have a calorie especially for fat loss if they have a weekly calorie goal that works for some of them It also can mean that they get to the end of the week and if they've not been tracking accurately or they've eaten out a little bit, which is exactly how life should be lived. I got the question from a client the other day, I'm 300 calories over this week. Is that gonna make a difference? And I was like, in the grand scheme of your journey, probably not. If you're 300 calories over every single week, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Over time, you're not gonna lose body fat as quickly. And if you want to lose body fat, That's an issue. Like I always say about a diet, get in, get it done and get out as quickly as you can. (laughs) Like robbing a bank. Yeah. Well said, Rambo. You don't want to do this for any longer than you need to. So, the more you prolong the agony, and I say agony, sometimes dieting isn't agony, it can be very enjoyable. Sometimes people actually experience so many health benefits from dieting, particularly if they are in a larger body that does actually have negative health benefits that come along with that. But Nobody wants to be in a body that's deprived of the energy it needs for longer than they need to be, particularly if we're talking about this kind of dieting in terms of aesthetics. Yes, Andy.
0: I have a question, coach. Um, So in which case, moving down our list, how do you structure it? Right. So that I think we are very, very similar in how we think about this, which is, it doesn't mean when Rambo says it's like robbing a bank, like get in, get it done, get out again. It doesn't mean you're going to be on a, um, on a juice detox (laughs) for six weeks. Um, but it does mean that there's a sweet spot, right? Because you yeah. could essentially be in like a 10 calorie deficit every day for 30 years, probably yeah. a little bit too slow. Or you could be doing some kind of mad fasting or um, kind of like fatty diet. Yeah. How do you pitch it, mate? Like, how do, you, how do you know, like, we're talking about calorie deficits. How do you know how hard to go at it?
1: First of all, I would have a time frame that you're prepared to do it for. All right. There's never gonna be the perfect time. And I'm talking about Joe Bloggs walking down the street at the minute, like general member of public. There's always gonna be a birthday, a barbecue, uh, some social event that you have to navigate. So don't wait. It's like kids, it's never a right time. <laughs> you just got to decide when you're ready, when you can commit and commit to it. I would have a time frame. I would say either 12 to 16 weeks, okay? Three to four months. In the grand scheme of your life, Depending on how much weight you have to lose, and I'm assuming here that you don't have stones of weight to lose. I'm assuming you've just got, I would say, five-ish kilos. Yes.
0: And no, Maybe. you you're, you've just answered my question. So oh, was, how much
1: weight? I. I, I, I was
0: just going to say so, like because I think this is really important context to kind of for the listeners mm. to get their head around. So you said that. What did you say? Five kilos in. Yeah. 12 to 16 weeks
1: 12 to 16 weeks
0: what do you think people think when they hear that what do you think um, is their, their initial thought
1: shit that's a lot
0: i see all that th-
1: maybe do you think it's the other way i
0: think it's you compl- can leave
1: five kilos in like three weeks if you wanted to do you know I, what I,
0: mean? I, I feel i know i think people would think that's too slow do you reckon yeah i, I so i would say most people that i meet in the gym and i'm like how much do you want to lose in? I don't know the four week block we work together, and it'll it will be. I feel my. I find myself having to rein them back in <laughs> rather than be like, yep, yeah, that's achievable. Or that you, might be that harder. you
1: have a bit more experience at this than me, or that I deal with people that maybe me have a lot more weight to lose. Let's say I don't know. Could be. Could be complete. Loads of things as to perception for that. Um I, I, I find think, that interesting.
0: I, yeah, I think people's weight loss uh, weekly weight loss expectations are oh, or greater off. yeah definitely so yeah. let's say um so the especially
1: other... when they start in a deficit and they realize maybe yeah. how hard it is to cut yeah, those calories yeah. out they're like oh, okay this might be slower than i think it was thought it was going to be initially
0: so here's another question going back onto the um the title of the pod getting a six pack or visible abs let's say do you think it's realistic for Most kind of members again, just it's really hard because everyone's different, but you know, average Joe, let's say, or average Joe. Um, I
1: wanna say it depends.
0: Sixteen weeks, do you reckon for visible labs? I
1: I wanna say it depends because it actually depends on your genetics. You know, a lot of it depends on your genetics. You could get because of the way that you're biologically made up, but you know, you might never have you might get some definition you might not get a pop in six pack you know because that might not be the way that your body is actually structured so you might actually be hanging or pinning all your hopes on this physique that actually isn't obtainable for you um so again i think that's for a coach to manage your expectations um for most members of the general public that don't have a lot of weight to lose, I would say about five to six kilos in order. And I, you know, this, I think the whole eating for abs thing, it already comes from a place of privilege and that we're talking about people that are quite, you know, don't have weight to lose. So they actually can diet for an aesthetic reason, which is completely valid. That, you
0: know? That's an important point that you just made there. That we that we are when you say that, you are talking about someone who I would say you the picture that you've got in your head is probably someone who's leaner than the picture I've got in my head of maybe av- of, of average Joe. Yeah. Or average Jane or whatever. I think you're yeah. thinking of someone who already goes to the gym, probably already trains, but their nutrition's yeah. a little bit off, but they're already yeah. in shape. Whereas I'm thinking of someone who's like, yeah, but maybe that that's, again, that's really good to clarify. So I would say,
1: I think for your person, I'd maybe say six months then.
0: Yeah. And that's six months without having any slip ups. Yeah. And how many people do you know that can do that?
1: (laughs) Absolutely none.
0: Yeah. So my instinct with the, with the 16 weeks thing is absolutely no chance of seeing visible abs.
1: I see. Yeah. We're thinking of two different people. Yeah. Think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah. I think if, yeah, if you get someone who's already kind of, yeah, they're already in shape, I definitely think like 12 to 16 weeks is actually quite a good, I think we we probably do agree with that. Um, but I, I think again, people listening to this, you have to kind of get that across. We're talking about someone who's already in shape needing yeah. another 16 weeks. Yeah. And that's yeah. quite like if you saw that person in the street with a shirt on, you'd put, you might even think they have abs already. Yeah. If you, could, if you couldn't see them. Yeah. You know what I mean, For but...
1: your person, then I would say like six to 12, six months to maybe yeah, yeah. even longer. And like you say, no slip-ups, you know, that's no meals out. That's no hangovers. That's, that's no all inclusive holidays, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, and it's just, yeah, I, I, I think whatever the, I can't remember what coach said this, but it was like, basically when you get someone coming in, however long they think, going to need double it and you'll be closer Mm. and i i don't think that's far off like if in your head you're like i'll probably need six weeks at this you'll have 12 (laughs) you'll need you'll need a solid 12 yeah um how important are macros rambo how important are they
1: um pretty important
0: macronutrients sorry guys
1: all of them i would say as a whole are less important you like i'm not going to mention calories again i think we know how passionate andy is about that so calories are the most important thing next thing i would take into account is protein yep okay so you want to be in a reasonable calorie deficit that would allow you to lose 0.5 to 1.5 percent of your body fat a week yeah and 1.5 being on the aggressive end i would say um definitely so we're looking at like a f- 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 dependent so, so 4 what, to so 5
0: actually, So what is Go that then? what is that Yeah,
1: for I would say like 350 to a 500 calorie deficit. Um and again, but I would pick something that you could maintain consistently and I'd also make sure that it's not too aggressive to start with. A because of consistency and B because As the body adapts and starts to cope with losing body fat, it will start to slow down certain mechanisms in order to preserve energy. So it's good to maybe have somewhere to go with that if you need to bring calories down a little bit more. Plus, mentally, it can be really, really challenging when you're in quite an aggressive deficit. Um, And then it starts to think about, if you start off with a very aggressive deficit, like Andy said, it... (laughs) it lends itself more to like cutting out whole food groups and things like that as a way to kind of main te- like, make that easier, which obviously is not conducive for health. Um, so I would say like an adequate calorie deficit, which I would say anywhere between 350 to 500, depending on the activity level of the individual. I then would look at protein. Okay, so protein for we spoke about this before on the pod, but protein requirements for fat loss are actually greater than they are if you want to build muscle. So protein requirements for fat loss, I would look at anything between one point six to two grams of protein per kilo of body weight. So for someone like myself, that would be even up to the two point two that would be something around 120, uh, 130 grams of protein. Um, Probably even more, actually. It depends again on the level of lean muscle mass of the individual to start with. Um, A couple of reasons for that. One, to maintain the lean muscle mass the person already has when in the deficit. So encourage um, that when you lose body weight, it's actually body fat and not muscle mass. That means when you slim down, you actually get that toned leaner look. Um, Two, because protein uh, helps with satiety. So it helps keep you fuller. Um, It has, and also it has a greater thermogenic effect in the body. So it actually takes more energy to burn calorie, burn, I say burn protein, to digest protein, actually break it down into its amino acids and it does carbs and fat. No listeners start going hamming the protein, thinking that their body is going to burn hundreds more calories just because they're on a protein only diet it's marginal. However, it does have a greater thermogenic effect. If anyone's ever had the meat sweats or gone in a meat coma after Brazilian buffet, which has happened to me twice. they don't know what I mean. <laughs> um, yeah. So that would be the two that I would really worry about. Um, carbs and fats doesn't tend to matter, tends to be personal preference. Fats I would usually set as a minimum. Um, mainly particularly with females as well for health reasons um but again some people prefer a higher fat diet some people prefer a higher carbohydrate diet that goes down very much to personal preference um i would look to try and get most of those carbohydrates from whole food sources again for fiber Um, I'd look to include as much vegetables as you can, at least a couple of portions of fruit throughout the day as well. And again, all this for health benefits. Um, that is kind of how I would set it up macro wise. It doesn't sound like it needs to be too prescriptive because honestly, for most of the general public, it doesn't.
0: It definitely doesn't. It
1: really doesn't. When you get down to the minutia of this and we're talking like, last few weeks, maybe of really low percentage body fat last few weeks of comp prep. I always say to a lot of my clients, when I set them up with macro goals, like whether it's calories, like calories and protein, sometimes it's just protein. It's not even calories. I'm like, look, you don't need to worry about carbs and fats. You're not going to step on stage in a pair of bodgy smugglers. Don't worry about it. Some days you'll eat more fats. Some days you'll eat more protein. Yeah. At the weekends, I tend to eat more fats because honestly, we have brunch every weekend which contains avocado and smoked salmon you know and it's literally that simple um during the week i tend to eat more carbs um because i need them because i'm up earlier so i actually need the energy to sustain me throughout the day from whole food sources of carbohydrates it's literally that simple it doesn't need to be any more than that um i don't know if you have any anything you do differently or any
0: uh no not massively I mean I, I mean I mean I suppose I always I always when we go into a lot more depth I'm always the I always think to myself what kind of listener is listening to this do you know yeah. what I mean like how far are they along their journey because it sometimes this stuff can sound kind of like gibberish if you if you have only just kind of dipped your toe in the water of the calorie and macro world and for some people it'll be like yeah well obviously protein fills you up like we know that kind of thing, but I do, but this is why you have to kind of keep reiterating the basics. Cause either people haven't heard it before or people forget why they're mm-hmm. doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want like a, a kind of cheat sheet version of this, which is the, this works for most people, most of the time, like Rambo said, they're about the three to 500 calorie deficit. Yeah. I mean, bearing in mind what I said earlier on about people being terrible at tracking, like you could probably go for the 500 deficit and, just realize that you'll probably that's probably a 300 (laughs) deficit Mm -hmm. by the time like some milk in the tea creeps in and other bits and pieces but we've had this conversation before like if you put uh, like most females on around 1500 most men around 2000 depending on activity levels that's going to be some kind of deficit and then hopefully you can ramp that up from there in terms of like protein carbs fat i mean completely agree in terms of the protein goal i think for for women again cheap numbers if you're a woman anywhere from like 100 to 140 most women are going to fall in fall in that range for men probably 1 160 to 200 for men so if you if you kind of fall in those ranges for fat women 40 to 60 men 50 to 70 and then this is grams sorry um and then for carbohydrates it's going to depend how many calories you've got to play with so if you've got if you're a bigger bigger guy you're gonna have more carbs to play with but again really loosely women 100 to 200 grams maybe maybe a little bit more if someone's like super active like men probably 175 to 250 most men most of the time there's going to be people that fall on either, either side of those um, ranges, but it just, it's that kind of, this is the thing about when you start, you want something fairly broad, knowing that you're gonna have room to maneuver and room to tweak it. Shoot.
1: Here's a question. So when you've started this with some people, it'd be interesting to know your experience rather than mine. Some people that I've set macros, they really actually struggle with having those broad parameters. They actually would prefer the more specifics. Um, even though with obviously coaching experience, I know that that gets really hard, really difficult, especially when you're having to navigate social situations. I look at people as a whole and their whole setup and their family life and their job and their actual control they have over their environments and their situations and their eating environment too, which is like, which is honestly 9.9 times out of 10, why I give them the broader spectrum and say, you really don't need to worry about this. This should be as minimal faff and minimal stress as possible. Some people really struggle with that. You know, even if they still have a lot of body weight to lose, they're like, but, but what about my carbs? But, but what about like, some days it says I'm really low on my potassium. Is that, should I worry about that? Like, no.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think you like, again, so this is, this is why that, That recommendation previously is kind of like, again, I call it like the cheat sheet approach to doing it. If you don't want to go into the nitty gritty, if you've got a client sat in front of you and you know their body weight, you can literally make to the gram prescription macros, or at least, or you can, I would tighten those ranges up. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, maybe there's like a a 20 gram swing for protein, 10 for fat. (laughs) Bit more for carbs because again, if, if someone's that into it, they're going to be training, and I might want them on like higher and lower days. If someone's like super knowledgeable and they they know all this stuff, I'll be like, right, mate, you're going to eat two thousand calories, get 160 grams of protein in. You know, I do the rest. Don't stress it. So I'll go either way with it. Some some again, right from clients that I don't talk. I'll talk about calories almost in like in an abstract way, and there'll be ones that I'm like. I can look in their fitness power and all the blue bars are are lined up nice and accurately. And all the, all the macros are hit every single time. And you're like, wow, amazing. Uh, Yeah. Rambo pointing to herself. Um, (laughs) yeah. and, And it's, it's different strokes with different folks. I do think though, again, like kind of all kind of anchoring ourselves to the theme of this pod. If you're talking about getting visible abdominals, your accuracy is going to have to be a lot better than most. I agree. So if you're not currently tracking, maybe you start with a broad strokes approach, but if you're already into this and you kind of know what you're doing, then yeah, by all means, because ultimately the the calories that you set and the macros that you set, we're going to move on to this one. Now, how do you measure progress? Like from week to week, they might need to be tweaked. If you're on this, if you're walking the tightrope of a calorie deficit where, too little deficit doesn't get you results and too much of a deficit trashes training, which impacts your results. It's like someone, again, another coach described, this is Eric Cowles, I'm sure. And he's like, you start off on a diet and you're kind of walking on a a six lane motorway. And by the time you get to the end of it, you're walking on a tightrope. So Early on you've got, you know, like you've got room to maneuver, but when it comes down to when it gets down to them last kind of couple of weeks, and he's talking about bodybuilders and stepping on stage. Um, but you do need to be more accurate because there's there's just less margin for error. Yeah.
1: Can I just say the last thing on structure as well, before we move on meal structure and actually how you space your meals out throughout the day is again, not the be all and end all depending on how much body weight to lose. But like you use that analogy about going from the motorway to the tightrope, the further down, the, the, the more condensed the traffic gets, (laughs) the more you need to worry about this. So I would, um, Whilst you're not looking to, let's say, build muscle, you are looking to optimise your chance of retaining lean muscle, which is why meal structure is super important. I will always start with my clients with actually getting them in a structured pattern of eating, depending on their goal. But if it is aesthetics it's important that you get a regular dose of protein in every three to four hours to stimulate that muscle protein synthesis. Even though you're trying to lose body fat, we want the muscle to know that it still needs to, it still needs to do some work. It still actually needs to function. We still want to hold on to it. So we do that by one training and actually putting load through it, which is why resistance training at least three to four times a week, if this is your goal, aesthetics and abs, is really important. And two, by actually stimulating that muscle protein synthesis, I want to say as much as you can throughout the day, at least three to five times. All right. We spoke about this before, Andy, you don't need to get up in the middle of the night and chug a protein shake, but getting 20 to 40 grams of protein in every three to four hours to try and peak that NPS. And also if you're in a calorie deficit, it's going to keep you full and stop you getting preoccupied about food and actually going too far down the hunger scale and kicking the fuck it bucket, then it, this is important. If, the, if you want to diet and have the right physique, this is important. I cannot stress that enough either.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. Hundred percent agree. Like, and the and the protein thing is actually relatively straightforward once you get into a rhythm and a routine with it. Like getting that three to five servings a day, like Rambo said. I think the other thing you've got to look at. Whereas, again, let's say for a a, a nor- I hate using that, but like you know, normal client that's maybe just wants to get kind of get healthy. Let's say the first thing you would look at might be like their work schedule or their family life. And you take a bit more of a, to use a Mr. Boyd's word of the day, a holistic approach. <laughs> if you're, if you're trying to dial down and get abs a, a, an alternative way of approaching it will be like, right, I know I'm going to get my protein in because I've got good habits in place, but then you would plug your training sessions in for the week. So those like three to five training sessions that you might be doing. And if we're talking about meal structure and, and like nutrient timing, you know, you're going to get your protein in regardless, but can you get though the carb, the carbohydrate allotment that you've got for that day? If you know, you're, you've got like a monster session in the evening, then you want to make sure like that, that lunch meal, or maybe even an afternoon snack is carb rich. And guess what, when you're dieting, there's less carbs to go around. So it becomes again something that I wouldn't even worry about with most people now, suddenly Mm. it's like, well, if you don't have those carbs around that training session, you might still train, but maybe that knocks, 5% off your performance, but you're in a calorie deficit where the muscle is looking for an excuse to be used up as fuel. I want you hitting those last couple of reps. I want you going, you know, doing that extra set or like sprinting the last 10 meters of the sled. Do you know what I mean? So you want everything geared around your training sessions. That is like as, talking about like the art versus the science of it. That is an art like because some people respond well to carbs before training, some small meals, some large meal free hours, all that stuff. You have to figure that out. But fueling those sessions and making those a priority is is important.
1: So true. So how are you going to measure progress then, Andy? What kind of uh, things were you going to use to track?
0: Right, I like keeping this one real simple because you've already got enough fucking stuff going on with macros and protein and carb timing and stuff like that yeah look it's one of those things right where people love a, a body fat scale or a body fat monitor because now i'll know that i'm losing body fat nah, yeah they're a bit sketchy they're not 100 accurate if you've got one already knock yourself out use it it's not a, it's not a bad thing to have what i do with clients is I'll get them to weigh every day if, if they're doing this it will be like at least a three weigh-ins a, a week probably more just for accuracy and I will look at week one versus week two then week two versus week three and like you spoke about at the start of the pod Rambo I'm looking for that around one percent of body weight a week coming down and I in my head I'll have I'll have ranges that, are, that yeah normally it is that 0.5 to 1.5 I'll have ranges that I want them to hit I kind of discount the first week because you normally get this big drop if um if I'm working with a female client and maybe it's that time of the month or she's like oh no, I always weigh heavy at th- this point of the month then maybe that's taken into account and you give it a second week if a you're training a guy and he's, uh, I don't know, like he's, the weather's really hot and he's drinking a ton more fluid and he's weighing a bit heavier than normal. So you maybe give it a couple of weeks, but at least every, every two weeks, you need to look at it and see what the numbers are telling you. And then you need to make adjustments because if that rate of weight loss has slowed down, something needs to happen. If you want to continue making kind of steady progress, and that's going to come in the form of a calorie reduction or it's going to come in a form of potentially adding cardio in, or, or adding some kind of movement
1: to keep. What that did you say? On. What did you say to me the other day? Look at the trend and not the anomaly. Like you will have days where you weigh a little bit heavier than others. Look at the general trend and the general pattern of where the scales are going. Um, and also, I would say if it is an aesthetic you're going for or a look definitely take some photos in the specific lighting and definitely have, and maybe this is your just me thinking as a female, but definitely have, and I know this sounds ridiculous, an outfit or some kind of clothes in mind that you, f- you know you either currently don't feel good in or want to feel good in, and use that as a real marker. You know, yeah. like most of the time, Most of us don't walk around with our tops off. So (laughs) bear in mind, the the general public are not going to see your measure of progress. You know, if your measure of progress is your naked body in the mirror, the general public don't see that. Okay. Unless you're posting shit on the internet. (laughs) Um, So like have like an outfit, a top, a shirt, a dress, a pair of jeans, something that you actually want to, that can be a little bit more tangible, you know, and also like is not necessarily attached to the number on the scales, you know, because this is an aesthetic goal. And like I've said before in the podcasts, your ideal physique might not be your ideal number on the scales. They might be two completely different things. So just have that in mind, particularly if you already are quite lean and toned and you know defined already, be aware that you don't have a lot of body fat to lose. So the number you have in your head, you might never get there, but you might still look banging in the mirror.
0: Oh, mate, there's loads to go out there. I know we're kind of up against it time-wise, but I, I would say, yeah, 100%. I, I think if you're going to take a photo, do it on day one, for sure. Even if you don't take photos all the way through, then, you can, then you've then you got that kind of comparison one at the end of it, which the number of people I've spoken to that haven't done the before yeah. photo and are like, oh, damn it, I should have done it. Um, I completely agree. And actually, like again, this is like normal versus um, ab goal. I feel like I'm kind of yeah I feel, almost feel like conflicted with this because I like there's a reason why I don't generally like <laughs> like working towards these types of goals because I would say I would rely less on the how close feel and looking at photos and I, and there's it's a simple reason why it's because they are they it's tangible but it's subjective right whereas the scales it, the reason why like that scale weight and that number and again I'm going to just caveat this because I feel like I have to, like if you've got a problem with weighing on the scales and tracking food, or if you've got a history of eating disorders, do not do this. Like do not go anywhere near this. If you've got like a slightly, even like uh, you're a bit, you got a suspect relationship with food. Let's put it like that. Um, Just don't do it. Uh, But if you are, and you're fine with it, um, that weekly number or that weekly kind of average weight, even if it plateaus for like a couple of weeks or even like three weeks, if you're trying to lose body fat, which to reveal the abs you're going to have to do, that has to come down, right? And this is like definitely a guy thing from my experience. The guy's like, no, what I'll do is I'll stay at 80 kilos and I'll just, I'll lose the fat and I'll put on the muscle and I'll get, you're not going to get ripped, mate. It's not going to happen. Like and I and I thought that, like, that's not even being disparaging. Like, I thought that for a long time. Like when I first kind of started getting trained, I was like oh, I don't want to actually get any smaller. I just kind of want to get bigger and leaner. Everyone wants to be bigger and leaner. It doesn't happen like that unless you start taking supplements that me and Rambo can't prescribe. You have to go and see a chemist or a doctor for this type of uh this type of stuff. Um but that that's a whole other topic of unrealistic expectations and actually a lot of the the pictures that you see in magazines. They're, they're having more than protein shakes anyway. Uh, got to do the drug cast at some point, mate. Oh, um, but you, but yeah, and Rambo said the, the point about the, the ideal weight on the scale might not correspond to like the look or vice versa. If you're chipping away at body fat week on week, that scale number's coming down. You have to assess that as you go. If you're like, fuck me, I'm like, as a guy, it's like, I'm too small now. Like when I'm ripped, if I put a hoodie on, or like a baggy t-shirt i look like a child i look like i don't lift you have to but like like rambo says like i'm not walking around in a vest flexing all the time it's like you're going train in a vest and people are like fucking hell where's that come from and it's like yeah because but it's it looks really dramatic in the gym when you're like when you're training you get a bit of a pump on but for the other 99 percent of your life one people don't give a shit <laughs> and two even yeah. if especially if it's abs like when's that when you go on holiday
1: yeah exactly
0: three days of hot weather we get in the uk well the guy i saw flexing in the
1: mirror in the gym yesterday
0: i love that guy when he's lifting his top up giving it i think
1: we're probably thinking about different guys
0: let's not go any further incriminate anyone anyway (laughs) uh moving on here's a quick one mate um supplements (laughs)
1: uh the only thing i would think about taking is Get a good, decent whey protein shake. To, so if you are struggling to get that protein in, you know, you can get that hit, especially if you've got a busy lifestyle. Um, take some supplements that I would say are beneficial for health, particularly the further you get into a diet and the less calories you have. So I would definitely say a very decent multivitamin, a vitamin D and a fish oil. Um right.
0: Don't forget the health. I don't care about that. I'm just all about that ad life. Stop what,
1: trying to bring what, drugs into what, it, Andy. No,
0: no, what what, perform, what legal performance supplements can I get? Caffeine. Nops around. Oh, good. Caffeine. I've got that covered. Next.
1: Beta-alanine. But again, I don't think you should even be taking beta-alanine if you need to because that's more of a performance supplement and your performance is going to take a fucking hit if you're in this much of a deficit and you're training for it. What, what
0: about creatine, mate?
1: Yeah, you could take creatine. Give you a little bit of pump in the gym. Give you a little bit of... um, A bit of a boost. A bit of a boost if you've... It depends how you train, though, to be fair as well. Like... Like an animal. Okay, take some creatine. <laughs> but if you're not going for that power, if you're... You know, if you're not worried, I would say about your numbers dropping a little bit because as you're in a deficit, you might not be able to push the numbers every week on week on week. Yes, creatine is going to be helpful, um, but... There are loads of other health benefits with creatine as well. It's one of the only things that I would actually advise taking. I would even get my mum taking creatine if she didn't think it was gonna make her jacked. Like, do you oh. know what I mean? Like it is brilliant. So yeah, take it. It's not gonna have any detrimental effects. There is a little bit of research that for women it makes them hold water. However, that's purely anecdotal as well. So, you know, well, not purely anecdotal there, but some people have said that that happens again you'll even out once you actually get to taking it for quite a while
0: i think the big thing with supplements are kind of joke semi joke in there but like they don't make a massive amount of difference
1: absolutely not
0: so don't spend more than about 30 seconds thinking about it like if you're if you haven't taken creatine before i'd say like give it a go because for some people it can have like the research on it is is substantial it's probably it's probably second only to caffeine in terms of like performance supplements that are legal, that actually work. Um, yeah. A well-placed caffeine shot or, you know, double espresso before a workout can, can help. Um,
1: particularly if you're training fasted.
0: Yeah. I just think it's just, it's one of those things where people are am oh, taking, creating a bit of adeline or whatever. I'm like, yeah, cool. Just keep doing it. It's, it yeah. doesn't like, don't waste any time thinking about it. Like don't spend shit ton of money on it for sure. Oh god, no! And Especially please... not if you haven't got the diet sorted out.
1: Oh god, yeah. There's a reason like we call this eating for abs because the diet is the most important. Like, and please don't be tempted to take fat burners. They are either bullshit or very dangerous. One or the other, <laughs> you know. Neither is so, good,
0: listeners. Neither
1: is good. You're either wasting your money or you're putting your health at risk. So, yeah, that's that's my little passionate bit of the pod there.
0: Um, um, where are we should, at, mate?
1: I think we're on the last few things. I think we can tick off a little bit and then leave leave the dear listeners with the last question as a nice go home okay. message.
0: Nice. Right. Well, I'll, I'll steam in with cardio then. Bear in
1: mind, we have, I would say, seven minutes.
0: OK, mate. OK, we can do this um Maybe cardio less. right so i suppose like the 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 this is quite trendy now in like in the fitness industry to be like oh you don't need cardio to to get a six pack eh, and you don't um do i do i recommend it i think obviously again let's try and separate the aesthetic ab goal for health goal for health i would i'd have cardio in there in some form whether it's walking running canoeing whatever takes your fancy Can it help though? Like, do you need it? No, you don't, because you can create a deficit solely with the diet. Um, But what cardio allows you to do is you're going to get a bit more of a a calorie burnout of it, depending on what you do. Um, And that's either going to elicit a faster rate of loss, which basically everyone I've ever worked with wants, or it's going to allow you to eat more food and still keep the loss ticking along at the same rate. So you haven't got to worry about hunger. So if the two things that cardio can bring is potentially helping with hunger or speeding up fat loss. Those are two very desirable things on a diet. So I would have it in there in some form. I, I think the, a common mistake people used to make, I don't see it as much anymore, but it is a thing is Rambo's kitchen sink analogy. So people start a diet and they're doing cardio like six days a week. And then when you do hit that first plateau, well then you train seven days a week and then you hit another plateau and it's like, uh, what do I do now? Oh, I've got to do two a days or whatever. So start, At something that you can manage and then that is one of those things one of those tools that you got in the bag when you do hit a plateau or the loss start or the rate starts to slow you can add a bit more cardio in happy with that mate
1: yeah i also want to link it into the next point about stress stress is really important okay you are placing your body under stress by putting it in a calorie deficit to start with if your capacity bucket is too high in other areas of your life like your relationships like your career if you are operating at high levels of stress already your body will struggle to make adaptations because of its protective mechanisms that it puts in place to manage that stress cardio particularly at high intensities is also a stress our body can only adapt to what it can recover from if you are putting your body under excessive stress from various repeated bouts of high intensity cardio. And when I say high intensity cardio, I mean working up in the like 75, 80, 85, 90% of heart rate max ranges. Yes, you are burning calories, but you also your body also needs time to recover from that. You're not giving your body the energy it needs to be able to recover and adapt to that. You're going to feel fucked. Like, I'm just gonna put it that way. I would say cardio. Yes. You
0: you and your technical terms, Rambo.
1: Ah, fucked. (laughs) Use cardio as a tool. Use steady state cardio, like walking, like gentle work on the bike, like something. Yeah. Maybe gets your heart rate up slightly, but you can maintain a conversation, something like that. You do not need to recover or adapt to. Yeah. It's very easy. It's well within the realms of your capability. Stress is so important, all right? You are putting your body under stress by dieting. Your body may take time to adapt and recover to that. Also with stress comes emotional eating, stress eating, various other factors that, you know, will change our behaviors around food. You need to be able to recover. Your body needs to be in an optimal desirable state in order to lose that body fat. So. If you want to do this and you're going for a big promotion, I, you know, or you're having relationship problems, I wouldn't say it's probably the best thing to do at that time. And I don't really think we need to go more into that, to be honest. But, yeah,
0: this is an overarching theme with me and Rambo, by the way, in terms of <laughs> it comes back to the why again. But honestly, like definitely just think about it. Think about it carefully before you you launch into something like this. I would yeah. say just just give it some some thought. And lifestyle circumstances are, are a massive underappreciated part of it. I would yeah. say um, time slash patience. Don't need to labour the point here too much because um, we've already covered it. It's going to take longer than you think, and because of that, it's going to require patience. And if you're <laughs> if you're not a very patient person, you're going to have to learn how to be. Unfortunately. Um, I, I honestly i think that's it I, I think it's one of those things where when people say oh what do i need to to get a six pack or do this uh you need to be consistent and you need to be patient it, one and two yeah consistent calorie deficit be patient with it results will come
1: what analogy did you use earlier get that chart up on the fridge tick every day off just literally keep chipping away day by day by day by day mm. The results will come. Some days will feel easier than others. Some days you'll feel like you've regressed, you know, because you're holding a bit of water, like Andy said, but just keep ticking it off and it will happen.
0: Treat it, honestly, treat it like, like if you were going to run a marathon, I mean, I think people can get their head around training goals a bit more than fat loss for whatever reason. Like if you were going to run a marathon, you wouldn't start training two weeks out i know some, some people, people do have. yeah <laughs> but do you know what i mean you'd like people put like minimum 16 week plans in place for the marathon and i would say if you're a complete novice you want to be thinking about six months i think that's exactly the same for getting yeah. lean like you have Absolutely. to think about it in yeah. terms of months not weeks
1: definitely last one um, mate. is it realistic and also is it worth it <sighs> two different questions i think yeah very true I'm just going to give my thoughts. I think you give your thoughts and then we kind of wrap it up because we're both on a clock. Um, is it realistic? For most people, I would probably say no. I think genetics have a, a huge part to play in that. Um, and I'm just going to leave it there. I don't I don't really think... <laughs> I don't, I don't imagine, really...
0: I imagine giving, giving all that information. Nah. So is it realistic? No, you're fucked basically. Don't even bother. No.
1: Mainly because... Life happens, and life happens a lot more nowadays than it does before. And I think life's for living. Quick
0: question, Rambo. So, do you think most people won't get there? Do you think what do you think plays a bigger factor? Do you think it's lifestyle or do you think it's genetics? Lifestyle, hundred percent. Yeah, and and not even that. That's not even a doubt in my mind because I think if you if push came to shove, if someone held a gun to your head, oh, you could do anything. uh, we have got some extreme coaching methods, me and Rambo, but if someone held a gun to your head for 16 weeks, you'd do it. You'd be lean as a bean. Yeah.
1: I think it's definitely probably nice quite stre-
0: probably quite stressed though.
1: Yeah. True. Um, is it worth it? Um, for the 24 hours that you maybe feel like you look the best you've ever looked. Yeah. It's great.
0: You, you've, you've been hanging around with me for too long. Rambo. Yeah.
1: He's great. Afterwards, Again, Andy and I have a very similar ethos. Does it leave you in a better place than it finds you? If you spend 16 weeks dieting, you love the way you look, and then you spend the next 16 years of your life chasing that physique or trying to maintain that physique, that it leaves you worse mentally, then no, it is not worth it. Because life is far too important, short, a privilege, you know, like maybe my ethos about things have changed over the last few months and years with everything that we've gone through. But I'm sorry. That's all I wanna say.
0: Love it, mate. Love it. I'm gonna struggle at the top of that. I'll be quick because I know we're Don't both then. we're both on the clock. Yeah, shut the fuck up. See you next week. <laughs> um, is it realistic? Um like Ramma said, I don't think it is for most people, but I don't think it's because they physically or from a genetic point of view can't get there. I just think their lifestyle and their other commitments, family, work, stress in general, I don't think people realize how much of a part that plays. So is it realistic? If your um like personal life is just on an even keel, I think it is realistic, but realize, sit down with a coach and get them to talk through what you're going to need to do in the time frame. And once you see it in black and white and they can like draft it out in front of you. Have a look at it then and then answer that question. Is it realistic? Are you prepared? Basically, are you prepared to do the steps for 16 weeks, six months to get it? You just be honest with yourself. And if you're like, oh, actually, no, you can keep that, then that's fair enough. Is it worth it? Here's the thing, right? I th- I think that it is, but it's not. it's not why people think it's going to be the the pictures at the end that's worth it and it's not it is the journey to get there and being able to transform your body and what you learn along the way and the things you pick up and you can implement in the future and at the time like you don't necessarily appreciate that on the journey that's definitely somewhere where i think a coach a coach can really help don't do it for the photo at the end of it like don't do not do it for that it's great to have as a little marker but like wait like again use the marathon example when i look back at like Uh, pictures of me running the marathon I was in excruciating pain it was fucking horrendous Um, but I think about the process and like the getting up every day and putting in the miles to get there and I'm like I'm really proud that I stuck to that and that's what that's why it's worth doing and maybe like it's one of those things you do it once I've done it would I do it on a repeated process uh basis hell no and I definitely wouldn't do it if I'm then going to be looking at that picture mournfully every other year being like I'll get down there this year. I'll get down there this year because it's that is that's brutal, Um, thankless
1: as well. And like, you don't, I don't want to lie on my deathbed thinking, oh, I wish I'd have eaten that fucking cake. (laughs) (laughs) But it was so worth it for those six abdominal muscles I had that only the one person in my life that is fortunate enough to see me naked sees.
0: Yeah. So there you go. Listen, doesn't
1: even care anyway.
0: (laughs) Enjoy, enjoy that quest for abs. (laughs) Yeah.
1: i just think it's important to give it context um oh, right i very much need to go otherwise my client is going to be annoyed that the time late um that was fun
0: mate that was good i feel like the word count for that pod would be higher than any other we've
1: done i mean we it. had a lot to say i feel like a i was talking on time
0: and a half speed during that
1: i've i, I think you were at some point as well i thought there was an internet lag that kept catching up because <laughs> i was like fuck he's going for it again um Thanks listeners. I hope, um, I hope that gave you a little bit of context around, especially Andy and I's like thought process around these things and how we coach our clients. Um, And if you would like to get in touch with either of us to talk through any of those things, or if you would like to go on your own journey with, you know, eating for aesthetics or your own aesthetic goal, then please do get in touch. Um, It's one thing about Andy and I is that we do understand this process. And we're also very good at giving context, like, we do coach the individual in front of us. We don't just coach for the transformation pictures. We're not all about that. So um, I think that's very important to say um, at the end of a, a podcast like this.
0: Well said, Rambo. Always, and a, ple- always a pleasure. You've always
1: to- a pleasure, mate. Back to work.
0: You've got to go and coach.
1: <laughs> i got to go coach. You've got a baby to look after. Um, thanks, listeners. If you want to get in touch with us, info in the show notes. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Not Another Fitness Podcast. If you'd like to join our ever-growing community, please log on to Facebook and request to join the Not Another Fitness Podcast group. We really do appreciate all the feedback that you take the time to send myself and Andy, and you'll find our contact details in the Facebook group. If you want to inquire with either of us about working with us directly, send us a little email. If you have time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the bottom, give us a five-star rating and jot down your thoughts in a little review. If you're listening via any other podcast provider, please just share it to your socials as it really does help get our little podcast out to more people. Thanks! Thanks!